Welcome to The Swifterhood, a podcast all about Taylor Swift's lyrical genius. Whether you've known from her debut album that she's had a place in this world, or her folklore has become your evermore recently, we are here to faithfully and wholeheartedly deconstruct each song, lyric by lyric. Welcome back, listeners. It's season two. I don't know about you, but we're feeling season two. How long have you been prepping that? (laughs) Only thought about it once. (laughs) We're so glad to be back and so excited to be talking about um, Taylor's latest release, Red, Taylor's version, with so much new content, so many beautiful lyrics involved, and uh, we just can't wait to get started. That's exactly right, Morgan. Couldn't have put it better myself. I feel like we're like talking like radio people like <laughs> I know well now that we have this setup where I can like look you in the eye I feel like yeah instead of looking at that pillow thing would you do radio uh probably not talk radio no I feel like that is not my cup of tea I kind of want to read for audible I want to be an audible reader I think it takes a lot of patience to read for audible I listen to like when I listen to audible those readers, a lot of the time I'm sitting there thinking like, how many takes did it take you to get that? Especially, actually, you would appreciate this. This book I'm reading right now is uh, French and they've translated into English, obviously, but the reader has to talk about some words in French and she uses this like perfect French accent. And I just am wondering like how you, you jump from English to French. So, so flawlessly. Yeah. What is the book you're reading? Um, the secret, the many lives or the secret lives of Addie LaRue. Oh, I keep seeing that on Audible recommended. I didn't realize it was originally in French. I, I believe it. Yeah, Addie LaRue. Yeah. I think it's like, maybe, I, maybe I'm way, way off. And no, it's I think just, that's what it's called. The yeah. one, it has like stars on the front. Yeah. Well, I'm listening to it, so I don't know what the cover looks like, but yes. Oh yes. Yes. Yeah. It's like a, what do you call that? A constellation. Yeah. It's supposed to be her face. Oh, interesting. Anyway. So you like it then. Okay. Because I've, I've sampled it several times. I'm reading or listening to Outlander. What is that? Outlander. Oh, Outlander. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My Scottish is that your accent. Scottish really? accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. The books are better than the show, but that's how it usually goes, you know. It is. Okay. Well, we um, are going to kick- That's enough chat, eh? <laughs> eh? Yes. I know we have so much to catch up on, but I believe that this episode is already going to be extensive just because we have a lot of pre-stuff to talk about before we even get into the songs that we have chosen to discuss today. And I will say we are, our first song is uh, State of Grace and our second song is uh, Red. And we just felt like that was the most appropriate way to start season two as it starts- the red album. I was going to say we felt Morgan. Um, Morgan decides our song groupings. Yes, I do. So I would be interested to see like why you chose which songs where as things go throughout the season. You know, there is a method to my madness, and I like I just um, like I just referenced the reason I chose State of Grace and Red is because they both start both the original red and obviously um taylor's re-record and so i think it's appropriate for us to start at the beginning like she did okay is the method that you picked for song groupings on red the same as the method you picked for fearless it is okay there's their couplings so i know a little bit about it then yes do you want to start us off with the fearless feature i will just to remind everyone we start every episode with a fearless feature um just because it is something that taylor swift does in her 
in her um, side life, if you want to call it that, her regular life. I don't know, really know what her regular her life side looks like. <laughs> her side like hustle is promoting good groups. Advocacy and giving back and taking a stance um, for things that you know, social issues that are going on in this world. And so we want to, we want to do that as well. And so today, um, I, I know I realize that this is probably not going to be released for a couple months after mm-hmm. we record this, but so it's relevant today, but I, I do know that um, it's still going to be relevant when it is released because it is about the a Supreme court case right now from Mississippi about an abortion change in law. Um, basically the state of Mississippi um, passed a law that permits uh, or does prevents any abortions past 15 weeks. And that is a clear contradiction to the constitutional right of women to have an abortion. And that came out of Roe v. Roe v. Wade and all of the, uh, lawyers and critics and people that listen and watch these Supreme Court arguments, scholars believe that this is the Supreme Court is probably going to um, to turn over Roe v. Wade. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Isn't that going to get reversed anyway? Yeah. After because of this This, case, this case is going to be the the pivotal moment, I believe. And so that decision comes out in June. But the court just heard oral arguments a couple weeks ago or last week. And so what I decided or we decided to do the fearless feature today is um, this international campaign for women's rights to safe abortions. Um, Once that once that case is turned is uh, turned over, basically states are going to be able to implement their own rules. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be a constitutional right anymore. And so this this is um, it's called safeabortionwomensrights.org is where you can go and you can donate. You can um, by donating, you can help people around the world uh, get have access to safe abortions. And it's so it's a network of over 1,500 international, regional and national organizations, groups and individuals in 129 countries who support safe abortion as a woman's right on both public health and human rights grounds. So the goal of this organization is safe abortion as a universally accessible, publicly available and funded healthcare service and full social and legal decriminalization of abortion. Um, so the intended outcomes are just to support the right to safe abortion, um, increased visibility and public awareness of the negative impact of unsafe abortions, which there's going to be a lot of those <laughs> come June, um, to contribute to the reduction of stigma around having an abortion and a greater understanding that the right to decide whether and when to have children is a critical aspect of gender equality, sexual and reproductive autonomy, and the right to life and health. So please visit the site www.safeabortionwomensright.org. So you think by the time the listener hears this, Roe v. Wade will already be overturned? Well, no, because June, June is when the opinions come out. Gotcha. So, okay. Um, June is when they will release the opinion on what the arguments they just heard. Mm-hmm. It's going to go back to what it was before, right? Like people in states where abortion is really heavily penalized are going to have to travel. And if they don't have, you know, the income or the availability to do that, then they're going to choose unsafe routes. To, right. Because that's a lot. A lot of people think actually um amy coney barrett the supreme court justice made an argument like well why there are many people in this world that want to adopt 
isn't this going to help um, give people that want kids and want to adopt the ability to do that um, through like safe harbor ways where you can just, you have the kid and then, you know, give it up for adoption. But it's such a terrible argument to make because most people, if they're considering and contemplating an abortion, are not going to end up having the kid. They're going to try to find other ways to abort the fetus that is unsafe to themselves. You can look at the statistics. Uh, Abortion rates do not decrease whenever abortion is criminalized. They actually increase and it's the amount of safe abortions that decreases. So ways to actually effectively decrease abortion rates are, you know, better health care, better contraceptive availability of contraception, sex education in all schools. Exactly. Which should be a thing, you know, Um, better social programs to support women who could choose differently uh, or might choose differently if there was more supports in place, you know? Right. And so I think it's, um, but I didn't mean that to like throw shade against women who get abortions, just like, Oh no, there's the situation people are in any shade thrown. And that's the thing is this, this is what blows my mind is, you know, this is talk about equality. Like men don't have to make these decisions. Yes. Men can be part of the decision and obviously they should be part of the decision. But a lot of the times, they're not because it's the woman that's left with with her body and what's happening to her body. And um, yet here we are as a government coming in and telling her what she can and cannot do with it. And it's it just blows my mind that we are 2022 almost overturning a constitutional right that was implemented in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And probably a lot more people that you know have had abortions than you know about. Did you see that SNL sketch where? Yeah. She, she was talking about how like we never talk about it. They did have that whole scene, but then there was also the woman who was like the cheery clown. Yeah, <laughs> that was sad. But um, anyway, that's our that's our fearless feature. Um, obviously, we would love to talk more about this if you guys want to hit us up in the comments, email. But um, we also know that you came here to talk about Taylor Swift too. So. Yes, but Taylor Swift also feels very passionately about women's rights. She does which is why it's highlighted as a fearless feature today. (laughs) So moving on, we are going to talk about red. Well, first, we're going to talk about state of grace, but red overall, I think it's important to look at the album as a whole before we jump into it. So um, I have a copy of her original, you know, she always releases a statement or like a little note to you in the cover of her albums when she does release them. And so the first, I'm going to read the first one and then Erin um, is going to read the second one for her Taylor Yeah, version. you're reading the original album yes. thing. So there's an old poem by Neruda that I've always been captivated by. And I do have a copy of that poem that we may read if we have time. And one of the lines in it has stuck with me ever since the first time I read it. It says, quote, love is so short, forgetting is so long, end quote. It's a line I've related to in my saddest moments, when I needed to know someone else had felt that exact same way. And when we're trying to move on, the moments we always go back to aren't the mundane ones. They are the moments you saw sparks that weren't really there, felt stars aligning without having any proof, saw your future before it happened, and then saw it slip away without any warning. 
These are the moments of newfound hope, extreme joy, intense passion, wishful thinking, and in some cases, the unthinkable letdown. And in my mind, every one of these memories looks the same to me. I see all of these moments in bright, burning red. My experiences in love have taught me difficult lessons, especially my experiences with crazy love, the red relationships, the ones that went from zero to 100 miles per hour and then hit a wall and exploded. And it was awful and ridiculous and desperate and thrilling. And when the dust settled, it was something I'd never take back because there is something to be said for being young and needing someone so badly you jump in headfirst without looking. And there's something to be learned from waiting all day for a train that's never coming. And there's something to be proud of moving on and realizing that real love shines golden like starlight and doesn't fade or spontaneously combust. Maybe I'll write a whole album about that kind of love if I ever find it. But this album is about the other kinds of love that I've recently fallen in and out of. Love that was treacherous, sad, beautiful, and tragic. But most of all, this record is about love that was red. Whoa. Okay, she knew love was golden when she wrote this album. Because you remember the first time you heard, um, I used to think love was burning red, but it's golden. Yeah, daylight, right? And, yeah, I like spontaneously burst into tears yeah. upon that line and then started like choking. <laughs> But I guess I've forgotten the original note there. She did say that love is golden. Like, she knew the difference. Yeah, and she was looking for it. And I just think it's so funny to look back and see, maybe I'll write a whole album about that kind of love. And, oh, she love has. <laughs> I know. Lover. We've got to say it that way. Okay, well, now I'm going to read her liner from the recent one. I've always said that the world is a different place for the heartbroken. It moves on a different axis at a different speed. Time skips backwards and forwards fleetingly. The heartbroken might go through thousands of micro-emotions a day trying to figure out how to get through it without picking up the phone to hear that old familiar voice. In the land of heartbreak, moments of strength, independence, and devil-may-care rebellion are intricately woven together with grief, paralyzing vulnerability and hopelessness. Imagining your future might always take you on a detour back to the past, and this is all to say that the next album I'll be releasing is my version of Red. Musically and lyrically, Red resembled a heartbroken person. It was all over the place, a fractured mosaic of feelings that somehow all fit together in the end. Happy, free, confused, lonely, devastated, euphoric, wild, and tortured by memories past. Like trying on pieces of a new life, I went into the studio and experimented with different sounds and collaborators. And I'm not sure if it was pouring my thoughts into this album, hearing thousands of your voices sing the lyrics back to me in a passionately soli- in a passionate solidarity, or if it was simply time, but something was healed along the way. Sometimes you need to talk it over, over and over and over, for it to ever really be over. Like your friend who calls you in the middle of the night going on about their ex. I just couldn't stop writing. This will be the first time you hear all 30 songs that were meant to go on Red. And hey, one of them is even 10 minutes long. (laughs) Red Taylor's version will be out November 19th. Wow. I have so many thoughts about that, too. I know. So now now we have it. And I mean, she definitely lived up to all expectations, in my opinion. What about your opinion? Oh, um outdid my expectations truthfully yeah and but her saying that it's a mosaic like mosaic of her trying i mean she was 
changing as a person so much. Like the album is about a lot of change and growth. And for her to say it had such a different sound and she was changing as an artist as well, right? Like this is a huge genre shift for her. I think that's why Red didn't get, you know, the merit that the acclaim that it deserved is because like people said it wasn't sonically cohesive. Yeah, no, for sure. And this and you and it's not. I mean, there's nothing but that's you can't That's the irony though. Like it kind of is what makes the album beautiful. Right, is th- that it touches on every aspect of that broken heart and then the mending heart, the healing heart, yeah. and then the full heart again, the mosaic. It's like that hearts. movie that she wrote Death by a Thousand Cuts about. Yeah. Um what's that one called again? Um Great I don't remember. The one about the breakup? I know the movie. I just yeah. don't remember the name. Ah, Google it if you all <laughs> have your Google near you. But it's like that movie because it's true. A breakup is not just, you know, the sad moments. It's also like the moments with your friends where you're finding, like, who am I as a single person and focusing on friendship again. Like, But it's also, I mean, you kind of touched on this too, but not only was it a transformation in her love, but it was a transformation in her music. Like, she went from... um being a country singer to this was pop. Mm -hmm. She had some definitely still had inklings of country in it because that was where her roots were. But this is her transformation from country to pop. Yeah, it's huge. Which brings me to with the original connection to the song. Like, do you remember where you were when you first heard this song? The State of Grace? Yeah. I don't. Would it, it would have been do you think it would have been the so, first one you heard? Or where were you in your it Taylor Swift journey? <laughs> so where I was in my Taylor I was working on the Obama campaign. And We Are Never Getting Back Together had just come out as a single. And I bought the album from Target and was driving to my different canvassing locations and listening to this album. When did this album come out? 2012. Nuts. But you did go buy the album, which I means did. you were pretty well committed by then. I was, but it was also like I actually had an opportunity. I was driving for the first time that I've been dri- for the first time in 10 years because I was not 10 years. A long time. You'd been in New York. Five years. It was the first time I'd had a car in five years. And so I had a reason to put on an album and listen to it. Mm-hmm. And um, but it was also it was a very interesting time because it was also when I met my now current spouse and I wasn't in that place. So yeah. some of this was hard to connect Ooh, with. Yeah. But now it's completely different. And it is interesting to see how those songs grow and change for you. I have ones on this album that like, I was like, well, I like this song. I can tell it's beautiful. But then like several years later, something right. would happen. And it would totally mean something else, which and is crazy. That's why I think that the, these her re-recording these have a, a completely... Like she did it for certain reasons, which we all know why she's doing this. But I think they have a lot of unintended consequences too. Like I don't think she realized that the amount of people that now would become Taylor Swift fans after she's re-releasing albums that have been in existence for 10 plus years. Now they're suddenly like new Swifties out there because they are listening to these songs for the first time and are mm-hmm. like, oh, these are amazing. Oh, my gosh. Yes. The girls on dorm um, and just all students on dorm are like listening to her music. I'll hear it outside, like just anywhere in the like yard area. And then over Thanksgiving break, I did some duty um, to make a little extra Christmas money. And we had we were making dinner we were doing a korean barbecue it was super fun in the basement of the building over there 
and some people put on karaoke songs. They're just like airplaying their phones. And they started with Taylor Swift and then like more people would suggest another Taylor Swift song, another one. We did like 10 or 12 in a row. Oh, wow. And like myself included, we're just like screaming all the lyrics and like jumping up and down. And like the guys included, like everyone who was there was like really into it. And we listened to, I, I mean, like an hour or yeah. so of Taylor Swift music. And I was like, how cool is this? Because these are the students who stay on campus for break are usually international students. Sometimes it's like, you know, maybe they're from Texas and they just can't make it back. But it's usually the international students. So it's students from like all different continents, like, you know, different countries in Africa, like different countries in Asia, like from everywhere. And they all know Taylor Swift's music. Yeah. I On a smaller scale, my cousin texted me and she was like, I love her new album. And I was like, well, let's just be clear. Yes, it's new. But <laughs> <laughs> you were like, let me tell you I was like, the original versions came out in 2012. She was like, Morgan, I was four. I was like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was not. And I loved it when it came out. So appreciate it. Yeah, I love that too, though, because it is making new fans of people who like all they've known of her would maybe be like reputation, lover, folklore, evermore. Like they have no idea what her breadth is, you no. know? So to get into it, State of Grace is the first song that we're going to be talking to. And the liner note is talking to <laughs> talking to talking about the liner note is I love you doesn't count after goodbye. Hmm. So I will say that um, she had she back when this was first originally released, she made a statement that said State of Grace is a song that I wrote at the beginning process of making this album. And I think it helped to define what the rest of the record was about just with one line. There's a line in the song that says love is a ruthless game unless you play it good and right. And that's kind of like a warning, you know, for the rest of the record, like this is what's going to happen if you don't play this right. And this is what could happen if you do. So it almost serves as the perfect kind of warning label that the re- for the rest of the record. As soon as you hear that song, you know it's like, these are the two ways this could go. You could be good to people or you could, you know, not play fair. And both the outcomes are reflected on the record. Hmm. I love that. And then she also had that interview with Good Morning America where she said, that she thinks this song sounds like falling in love. Yeah, that's fair. But then how would you, what about the uh, the acoustic version? Do you think that she means the lyrics sound like it or do you think like the pro- produced sound? No, I think she means the actual music. So the production value? Yeah, because the there's like one. all these like clashing cymbals. Like it's like big. It sounds like fireworks. Which is why I think it's also like to go back to her transformation. Like then the acoustic version was her country roots. Like she wrote this as kind of like a country song. And then production came in because she was like, listen, this is how I want it to sound. And mm. that was pop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's get on into it. Okay. So you want to start with the lyrics? I'm walking fast through the traffic lights, busy streets and busy lives. And all we know is touch and go. Okay. So, I mean, it's a perfect way to start um, an album, especially because you can probably, I think this was around the time that she moved to New York, right? And so you can just envision someone walking in New York, getting through the traffic lights Mm -hmm. and you're walking fast. So you don't care if it's red, stop, yellow, slow, green, go. You're just. She immediately pulls you in with the imagery though. Like you're already there. For sure. All we uh, all we know is touch and go like 
I feel like it's a really simple line, but it's also really deep at the same time because I think it's a commentary on how, like, I know social media was big already, but, like, was getting bigger and bigger, and we constantly feel like it is still doing that. But, like, people were getting more on their phones and more on the internet, and she has moved to a city where... (laughs) I mean, that's reflected in the way that people interact with each other, just in the busyness of the city. Yeah, just quick highs, buys, touch right. and go. And it's also important because that line changes when she goes into the next, um, she goes into the next verse. Mm-hmm. So like she's talking about, you know, all we know is touch and go. And so that's, that's where she is at this point. And she then, you know, as the song progresses is when the relationship hits her and it came out of nowhere. Yeah. We're coming up on my favorite lyric. Which uh, is? So first, it, it's we are alone with our changing minds. And then my favorite is we fall in love till it hurts or bleeds or fades in time. It's a good one. I remember like the first time I heard that just being like, oh, damn. <laughs> and I still feel that way when I hear that. But that's her pessimistic love phase. Like she had gotten to this place in this album where she had lived a lot of heartbreak which is reflected in, like, I think this is some of the really strong heartbreak songs on this oh, album. Oh, for sure. This was, like, heartbreak that she had never anticipated. She thought she had heartbreak before this, mm-hmm. and this is her first real heartbreak. Mm-hmm. And I, I I, kind of see this song as, like, a roadmap. Like she says, it's kind of like a warning sign for the rest of the label or for the rest of the al- record. Like, it's a roadmap because she's saying, like, okay, I'm alone. I'm by myself. I moved to the city. I'm walking through the traffic lights. I'm just kind of only like tunnel vision only focused on myself um and in the past we fall in love till it hurts or bleeds or fades in time i think that that's her reflection on what love had been up until this point and then she says and i never saw you coming so suddenly she's just hit with -hmm. this person Mm -hmm. and so previously she thought there were three outcomes hurts bleeds fades in time right? right so now she's like I just didn't anticipate this thing smack me in the face. I read a theory on Lyric Genius. Okay. <laughs> the place with all the info. You love Lyric Genius. <laughs> I do, but you were reading some I know, you turned me notes. on to it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of good info on there, okay? You have to sift through it, though, because some of it's really shitty. Some people are like, the leaves changing is because in fall, the season changes. I know. And you're like, I'm like mm, thank you. Sorry. And Sorry if that is one of our listeners, but I doubt it. Oh, yeah. Katie, one of our Katie's. Was that you? No, they're more insightful than that. It was not them. But either way, okay, so the Lyric Genius Theory was about the whole album is the way that it's put together. The first, like, you know, four to five songs being about meeting someone and how that feels and, like, falling in love. The middle section of the album being the heartbreak, like, is it going well? Like, it is, it isn't. And then the last part of the album being about, like, starting over. Like, relationship ending and then starting over. And then it ends with begin again. And I think that that's, I think that's a fair assertion. I think it's not perfect because I think there are obviously songs dispersed in her catalog of Red that don't really fit where they fall mm-hmm. in numerically. But I think that that is a fair, like, assessment if you were to step back and just look at them as groupings. Um, but I do think that this is also like this song does a really good job at painting that roadmap for us too of like what her love was or what she was feeling before she found this love, what she was feeling when she found it, and then what was she was feeling after it. Mm-hmm. 
So we're going to go into the chorus, and I never, never <laughs> saw you coming, and I'll never be the same. And I mean, like I said, she's walking tunnel vision and all of a sudden she's smacked in the face with this person. And, you know, that common idiom that everyone says, like, you'll find love when you least expect it. She wasn't looking for it. I also think it's really beautiful just that each relation relationship does change you. Mm -hmm. And makes you into the the mosaic of broken hearts. Yeah. But you're you're a different person, even if it's like a month long or like a week long or whatever, like you're learning through those experiences. And I'll never be the same, though. I get that for any relationship, but I think this one is like a big one. Yeah, for sure. And she does, too, obviously. So then the second verse is you come around and the armor falls, pierce the room like a cannonball. So, I mean, it's pretty pretty clear what she means by that but obviously she had her guard up and she completely let it down because that's what this person did to her and he he came into her life like a boom like i said came out of nowhere boom and there he was now all we know is don't let go so instead of touch and go is don't let go like i i can't i can't let you go they're into the relationship now we are alone just you and me oh my god i remember hearing this for the first time and being like what i know <laughs> and that's well, like, not me but. when she very first had her like sexier songs on reputation everyone freaking out i remember being like oh but she's always had like treacherous you know oh yeah she's always had she skirted stuff. that line of sexy uh-huh she's played with that line <laughs> it's a fine line as harry styles would say but she has she's just poetic about it and so i think the thing with the newer albums was being so blatantly open and direct about sex yeah but i mean this is this is a heated moment here this moment is red because you where are we at we're Um, alone just you and me up in your room and our slates are clean just twin fire signs four blue eyes god that line is so good it's so good because also you're a sagittarius fire sign (laughs) so i knew exactly and it's also my another fire sign is gemini so i always refer to my sister as my twin fire sign oh because we're both like twin fire signs like Uh we just ignite when we're like we either it's like we are best friends or we are enemies and that's what fire signs are and so when i heard this i was like oh so now we can say this is obviously about jake because he was born on december 19th he's also a sagittarius like six or ten days after her yeah well so he was 19th and she was 13th so six days after and so also a sagittarius also blue eyes so this is very Mm -hmm. clearly about him yeah the, the other day, Gabe was like, Gabe is my husband, if you forgot. He was like, <laughs> so how do you know which songs are about Jake Gyllenhaal? And I was like, are Take you asking for serious? <laughs> like, is this a serious question right now? Do you really want to know? Or, because if you do, this is a good question. And I'm like teacher mode. Like, <laughs> yeah, no. Good question. Is. Let me explain to well, you. Well, I had someone the other day tell he was like i was mentioning it like i i just mentioned like oh jake gyllenhaal must be feeling the the like heat after this re-record and she, he was like oh why is it about jake gyllenhaal i was like oh my gosh where have you been living <laughs> what planet are you on <laughs> uh is that your favorite line just twin fire signs four blue eyes yes i love it so much but i and then my favorite line is we fall in love till it hurts or bleeds or fades in time but second favorite or like Really high up there is the next one. Yeah. So you were never a saint, and I loved in shades of wrong. Yes. Ugh. Can I tell you that that I used to that I that's a common 
misheard lyric for me. Oh, what did you think it said? I've lived in shades of wrong. Oh. And it makes it so much better that it's I've loved in shades of wrong. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 And it also, but it also makes me think of, so you ran with the wolves and refused to settle down. Maybe I've stormed out of every single bar in this town. Similar to me of like referencing your past, but the way that you come together, I'm not saying it as well as she is, obviously. But well, that's because she's a lyric genius. <laughs> but but I also really like that she brings in the shades of wrong because obviously this song is all about colors. Mm-hmm. Or not this song, this album. It's called Red. Red, the next song that we talk about is obviously hits on all these colors, but she's already hitting on the shades. Like there's just so many different shades of mm-hmm. love mm-hmm. and wrong. Analogous to changing of the seasons and the colors of right. the fall. Okay, so we're moving on. Uh, we learned to live with the pain. Mosaic broken hearts. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> we both both said at the same time when we were li- looking at these lyrics, like, oh my gosh, that is a common, this is a common misheard. Unheard. We had the same, we misheard it the same, same way. T- yes. Tweet at us if you misheard it this way too. Please let us know. Like, I want to know if how many people it was. So we heard it as m- ha- mostly... Mostly, mostly live in, with broken hearts. Mostly in broken hearts is how I always yes. sing it. So we learn to live with the pain. Mostly, mostly in broken hearts. hearts. Yes. And it's mosaic broken hearts. And the only reason totally I different. found this out, not so I had this real this realization a few days ago because I was looking at her red merch and there was that shirt that said like that had the it was like the hearts mm-hmm. and they were all pieced together. And then she when she did her um liner notes was mosaic hearts i was like hold on a second this has to be a reference from a song so i typed it in and i was like oh my gosh i've been hearing that lyric wrong my entire existence yeah well i literally (laughs) just figured it out like a few minutes ago right before we started i really wish i would have tweeted you so that i could we could have had this funny tweet or not tweeted you texted you say what i know i don't tweet do you have twitter (laughs) no now that you got Tic Tac, you're all fancy. Oh my you got gosh, all the I had my first Tic Tac experience this morning where I was like so bored that I just kind of started sifting through them. I don't know how they figure out my, they have not figured out my algorithm yet because none of them were interesting. So I gave up. Oh, so you didn't, I was thought you were going to say like you fell into like a time loop, like you woke up and it was the next day. No. So that's what happens with Tic Tac. But no, you think they don't know you at all. Not yet. But you haven't, you made a page. I have well, like, I'm, you have a profile. You followed the Swifterhood. And I followed Taylor Swift. So, how is it not figured out your algorithm? Because it's still showing me things that I am not interested in at all. Do you think know. it's from where I send you stuff? Maybe. It's <laughs> like fucking up your algorithm. <laughs> but they're like Taylor Swift related. Yeah. So you would think- none of the things that popped up was Taylor Swift related. What were they? I don't know. Like... Some dance stuff, which I like dance stuff, but I don't I don't understand it all. Um, do you swipe? Yeah, that's or what do you watch so I the just, whole thing. No, just I go, just go past up. it. Yeah. yeah. Some cooking stuff. I was like, why do you think I cook? <laughs> 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 this, this is sexist <laughs> algorithm here. <laughs> why do you think I cook? I love that. What else? What else? Um, oh, some babies like stuff. So it was like children like doing funny things. Do you think it's based on your phone stuff too? Like, well, do you let the boys watch like little kids shows on your phone? No, but they do watch it on my iPad, which obviously is connected to my phone. So, right. So the cookies might be. I don't know, but these are like kids like B 
doing funny things, but I'm also like, I have my own kids to watch do funny things. Like, I don't want to watch other kids do funny things. <laughs> yeah, I don't give a shit about your kids. <laughs> I have enough of this. So how, the amount of times I just like swiped, I was like, well, this is not going anywhere. I'm done. That's incredible. I feel like, yeah, my my TikTok, my personal account is really interesting and I can get lost in it. The Swifterhood one is like I've followed so many Swifterhood people on like Swifterhood. So it's page. only Swift? It's I should only. You should yeah. give me that login because maybe I'll like that. Yeah. And then you can make a Tic Tac for our, for our page. That's that's a step that I will never do. I hate filming myself. I feel so stupid. First of all, logistically, how the hell do you film yourself? You just hold it around the other way, I guess. I've done it a few times and I'll have ideas in my head and be like, oh, that would be like yeah, a but funny How do these people bit, that do but... their little dance moves sell themselves? I don't. You set it up on a table and, yeah, I don't know, like a timer, like you would for a picture. Anyway, we digress. I just think it's, like, embarrassing <laughs> to film yourself. Like I was talking about tweeting or messaging Taylor Swift. I do it sometimes, and, like, there's a lot of people who are really trying to get Taylor's attention. And, like, nothing against you if that's what you're doing. But I feel kind of desperate. I, I'm going to tell you right now it's cringe for me. Like, yeah. I would, I just don't. There are so many times that I like think to myself, oh, I just really want to say this to her because I think we'd be best friends. But then I check Twin myself. Twin fire signs. Yes. I check myself and remind myself, no, that is never going to happen. And don't embarrass yourself. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're like the eternal pessimist. Yeah. And I'm sorry for anyone that does. I just, I, it's, <sighs> it's cringe. One of our listeners, Hannah, she is really funny. Everything that she tweets is just hysterical. I replied to her recently and was like, you have the best tweets. But she was like, have you seen how on people's pages? Maybe not because you're not on Twitter. It'll be like how many times they were noticed by Taylor Swift or Taylor Nation. Oh, no. I didn't It'll know. say like TN times two. Oh. TS like or I don't actually know if that's what they put for Taylor. But you know what I mean? It's their notices. Oh, interesting. And she was like, I'm going to start putting like Kroger times three, <laughs> like Walmart times one. And I was like, oh, it's so funny. And other people were commenting on it and they were like, oh, yeah, I've thought about doing that when I had met or like been noticed by some random celebrity, like not Taylor Swift. It's a thing that people do, like specifically Swifties. What I do don't do? I have not seen other fandoms really do it. Maybe they have, but like it really started with Swifties. But I don't I still I guess I just don't understand. It just means that she How many is, times like, you've been noticed? So like the Taylor Nation like liked your tweet or retweeted oh. you or replied at, they added you, you know what I mean? At you. Yeah, no, I got that part. Mm -hmm. I know what that means. Or a Taylor, like and if you had met her then I guess that counts as one. One point if you met Taylor Swift. <laughs> Only one? Only one? It should be a lot. Anyways. Anyways, so, but this love is brave and wild, and I, oh, but this love is brave and wild. Yes. <laughs> there we go. And I never saw you coming, and I'll never be the same. And then this is the state of grace. What do you think the Ooh, state of grace is? Frick, I was just going to put that on you. So I, so I just think back to, okay, what grace is. Grace is usually used in like a Christian, um, yeah, but we also have holy ground. Yes, this so, album has some biblical references. So in it's it. it's usually a Christian reference, and grace usually come up, comes along with like sin, right? Like it's like the counterpart to sin, where mm -hmm. like you're supposed to um, extend grace, extend grace because everyone sins, right? It's like forgiveness. So I guess the state of grace is like you're constantly living in this like not great state, but you still have to 
accept it for what it is and like it for what it is and give grace to those feelings. That's what I kind of see it as. But I don't I wish I, think, I had a better understanding because obviously the song is called The State of Grace. Right, right, right. And it seems it sounds so lovely. Mm-hmm. I think it makes more sense if you flip those lines. If you say this is the worthwhile fight, this is the state of grace. To me, it's like we continue extending grace, like although like this love is difficult. Okay, that makes sense. You know, this love is difficult, but it's real. <laughs> it seems like it makes more sense that way. But this is a state of grace opens the chorus really well. It does. And it's a great, a great t- song title. Love is a ruthless game unless you play it good and right. And we know that that's Taylor's favorite line. That was her warning. That's mm-hmm. her warning message to us. Oh, and that it makes me think of blank space, too. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's warnings in there. <laughs> about love and how it ends up it only ends up well i mean ways. it's also like i knew you were trouble right mm-hmm. like she saw the warnings yeah and and it's just it's a it's a pretty ruthless game like she said it's pretty rough unless you play by the rules so then we go into some greek references mm-hmm. these are the hands of fate you're my achilles heel that would be greek yeah the Achilles heel, do you want to explain what that is if somebody didn't know what it was? Yeah, so the, the Greek god Achilles was dipped into a like fountain of protection, I think it was, or something. The water gave him everlasting life or gave him like everlasting protection. But his mom, when she dipped him into that water, had to hold him by something and held him by the like the the back of your heel, like that little crevice. And so that's the only part of him that could be injured. And so that's, you know, that was... That was your his weakness. So the Achilles heel has become a symbol for weakness. Your one area of vulnerability or like your specific almost like kryptonite for Superman, right? Like right. his one his one downfall is this <laughs> chemical kryptonite. So for Taylor to say you're my Achilles heel, that means like I'm trying to put these walls up and protect myself from falling in love again, but I I can't. Like you went right from my weak spot. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. But these are the hands of fate. Fate is also very Greek mythology, right? Like this idea of sort of like predestination in a way or like the gods have fated something a certain way. That that speaks to a lot. Like someone's outlook on life, whether you believe in fate or like that everything is predetermined, that is enormous for shaping what you think about the world. It is. I, I do think it still follows the like road roadmap um, analogy that I was using earlier, where it's like where she says, "I never saw you coming," and bam, there he was. And so it's the fate. Like I was just walking. I didn't. I didn't ask for any of this. I didn't plan my life around this so that I could find this one, be with this person, and this person and I could meet and fall in love. It was just literally fate or destiny or happenstance. Do you believe in fate? I believe yes, but I I think that fate is like I can be interchangeable with happenstance and with like randomness. Like, okay, I, I like believe the randomness of the universe. Yes, I believe that fate and randomness are one and the same. Like I know that I know that kind of contradicts each other, but I I think that they can be they're used interchangeably because it's like I I don't believe that there's it's like, like Murphy's a, law kind of. I don't believe there's divine intervention. Like I don't believe that there's a path for me to go on. I believe that I have. I can stray from that path. Right. You believe you have free choice. You don't believe in predestination. Exactly. And so to believe in fate would be like um, 
following that path. So I, but I think that fate also allows you to go off that path, and that is your fate, if that makes sense. So we've gone from Greek to now this is the golden age of that, something good and right and real. And that's still kind of Greek and Romans, like the beginning of time where it was the first age of the world. That was like everyone got along. There was happiness and prosperity. Is that the golden age? That is the golden age. Um, maybe I'm thinking of Bronze Age. Yeah, probably. Mm. So it's in the same time period then. Was there another time period already referenced in the song? No? No. This is the first time. Okay. Yeah. It is interesting, though, because in that one of those liners, and now I can't remember which, she said that the album goes back and forth through time. Yeah. You know, and this is one example of that. All right. So we go back into the chorus. Um, and then it's just. it's the It end. repeats. Yeah. Yeah. But she ends on love is a ruthless game unless you play it good and right again. Warning. Because, mm, I mean, it makes sense that she would end on that line, right? Since she says that this is that the, like, warning for the rest of the album. So That's the message she wants us to take. Yeah. That's her lesson. So the way that we are going to be rating songs this, um, this season is a little bit different, just to have some consistency in it, because I know that we were all over the place last <laughs> season. What? <laughs> <laughs> we were still trying to find our footing. And we still are. Don't get me wrong. This episode is definitely still trying to find its footing because it's the first one of this season. But thank you for bearing with us. Anyway, so the way that we're going to be write- rating this is we all have our um, – we both have our – what was that called? The the Tumblr ratings? Yeah, the Tumblr ranking that we did. The, so we did that a while ago, and so it does not include her newest releases on Red Taylor's version. Yeah. So that – Keep that in mind, but we're going to give you that because I think it gives you a better picture of where it stands, where that song falls in our disc- discogra- in her discography. Mm-hmm. Is that, am I saying that correct? Yes. In her catalog. But then we're in, instead of rating out of 100, what we're going to do is the second rating is going to be we're just going to rank the songs 1 to 28 on this album, and we're going to give you our ranking of that song as well and the reason we did 28 is because we decided that the two all too wells are kind of one and the same now um i don't know about we we will get to that so i'm not going to go into any but that's why so we we grouped the all too wells together and then we thought out of respect that we're not going to rank ronin right so we'll be ranking out of 28 total yes and so what was your um what was your overall like your tumblr my overall ranking of her whole discography was when we did that, like you said, this is before Vault Track. So really only excluding like, well, because Better Man and Ronin, well, I mean, that one would have been ranked in the Tumblr for me as well. Um, some, babe, some of those other ones might have been in that original Tumblr. So probably only five or six that yeah. weren't included. So it's pretty accurate, I think. But it was 110 for me. Interesting. Yeah. What about you? Mine was 38. Oh, whoa. Yeah. That's really high. Um, Once again, we talked about this. I think when I took it, I was on like a red kick. Oh, yeah. But it's still, I think, for the reasons that I talked about in this song, I think it's an amazing song. Like, I just think the roadmap of like painting this, this, she does a really great job at pinpointing how a relationship can completely take over your life when you least expect it. Um, It also has that great line about twin fire signs. Mm-hmm. And I will say, because I don't know if we talked about this at the beginning, I think I think it's I even think that this version is better 
than the her original one mm-hmm. because of how like I think the original one was so shocking because it was like that first song on her album that wasn't country like right. that was the first sound yeah. you hear and you're like oh my gosh there's not banjos there's not a huge guitar like it's now this version I think is even rockier and I really like the rock part of it. Oh, like rockier like rock music. Yeah, sorry, not rockier like shaky, but like more you know, more of a like rock presence with the loud noises and almost yeah. like the stadium sounding. You can hear everything. Dude, I don't know. Oh my gosh. I don't know if it's just we've talked about this like is it headphones have improved, production has improved? Technology has improved, probably a combination of all, all of, of that, those things. But man, this production, you can hear on, especially everything. on, this I can hear song. every like symbol and clash, and like yeah. it's almost, it's a, like almost overwhelming if you're just listening with headphones. Yeah, it, it's a whole experience. So I will say that I I do like this because uh, we didn't really hit on the difference in the versions, but I will say that the rock the rock essence in this, I really like. I don't know why, but it struck me as slower than the original. It did sound slower, but I, I also think that that goes to her enunciating a little bit better. Mm. Like, I think her lyrics, how she's speaking, her cadence is a little bit more mature. I think that uh, that drum tempo that goes Too, in the background, yeah. it sounds just It like- might be like an eighth Right. It's not a ton, but it's no. like a little bit, you know? I can feel a difference. Okay, so then what what is it how does it fall in the whole album? What number the is it for? The whole album for me, it's number ten. Okay, it's number six for me. Okay. And then what about I know that this is second, but what about the acoustic version? I didn't I mean, whew, I didn't even get there in That's finishing fine. the album rank them. Morgan threw this on me. Like I know. She, I was I was bad. She's oh, like, was... I'm changing our ranking system. I'm like, cool. All right. What is it? And then she's like, I need you to rank the whole album. I was like, what? Now? I know. I apologize. Well, my I'll just tell you because I but I te- I know you don't really like the acoustic. You don't really think of it as a song. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, hold on. Where is I it? think the fun part of State of Grace is that tempo. Yeah. No, I agree. And the excitement of falling in love. Like she said, it sounds like falling in love. And I think like making it slow kind of takes away from that. And, and I think that, see, and I, I understand, but it, so it's number 16 for me, but I the reason I like it slow is because it is her old country roots and there's something to be said about really thinking about every lyric as it comes out and thinking about that roadmap as she sings it. I like it. it makes oh, you, like you have more time to process? Yes. Okay. And like, you know, when you listen to the upbeat one, you're like, yeah, this is the start of this album and this is what we're going to be getting. But when you listen to it, the slower one, it's obviously at the end. It was a deluxe release. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, looking back on the album, like, oh, my gosh, that's what she went through. This is what she felt. Yes. Ooh, I love that. That makes me appreciate it more. Ugh. I love this. This is a great part of like talking with someone about Taylor Swift. This is why we haven't talked about this stuff yet. I know. And it's so hard. I know. <laughs> I haven't really. I've only talked to Gooba. Hey, Goobs. I've only talked to him about this because I obviously don't talk to him on this podcast. But well, that's exciting. That, you can share some of his thoughts throughout yeah. the season. Mm-hmm. I will. Send us your thoughts, friends. Okay. So we going are on to red. Going on to red. Can we just take a quick break? Yeah, you need to go pee-pee. Yeah, and I need more water because I'm getting parched. <laughs> okay, we'll be right back. I'm going to keep all that no, in No, you're not. <laughs> yes, I am.
And we're back. I don't think you knew we were gone, though, did you? <laughs> did you have a nice pee? <laughs> Hopefully, listener, you got to listen to Red again, because that's, like we always say, the best way to do it is, like, listen to the songs in between. Yes. And so we are jumping right into Red, and I will start with the original liner note that was S-A-G. Which... You were so prepared for this like morgan prepped all these outlines and has so much info and you're like really giving a lot of explanation you're so excited did you miss this podcast i really missed this podcast i really miss talking about it i really missed this passion of mine and i miss hanging out with you and also i feel like you carry us a lot with all the editing and so the least i could do was like put the time i needed to put into this stuff it was really nice i was just like take it away girl and and i felt like I fell behind a lot on last season, so I don't want to let you down. So here I am. I appreciate it. It's awesome. But I just was like, I can tell that you, I feel like you've really missed this. And we have seen each other. We just don't yeah. get to see each other super often because we're both busy. So this podcast, right. like we've said in the finale, is like a really good way to be like, we have, have to, to hang, hang out. out. And it gives us the time to talk about Taylor that like yes. when we hang out in groups like people it's a don't job. want us to hear exactly. want to hear about exactly yeah like when people are like did you hear that Taylor Swift dropped a new album or like like are you really asking me that did you see that Taylor Swift was on SNL I'm like busting out laughing <laughs> I know I'm like <laughs> do you know who you're talking to <laughs> what <laughs> um oh anyway gosh. so yes the the liner note the hidden message in the original read um, song was S-A-G, which is SAG, which is SAG, which is Sagittarius. Oh. In my opinion, other people think that it could stand for Swift and Gyllenhaal, or, but I think it's Sagittarius because I think... Twi- yeah, like she I talks talked about, about it so much. Twin fire signs. This is a red. This is called red. She talks about how red is the uh, emotion that encompasses what she felt. Doesn't she reference Sagittarius or fire signs in another... In All Too Well, yes. Yeah, so like it's, I think that's obvious what it is. But it could also stand coincidentally for Swift and Hall, I guess. Yes, but I believe it's for Sagittarius. And um, I will say that he, this is another, um, Taylor was on an interview with Sirius XM Radio mm-hmm. back when this was first released. So this is not when Taylor's version was released, but when it was first released. And she said, red kind of correlates all the emotions that I felt during a breakup to colors. Like losing him was blue, missing him was dark gray. But the reason you can't forget is because loving him was red, which means it was bold. It was crazy. It was out of control. It was passionate. It was important. To me, the red emotions are the most powerful ones in the good side and the bad side. On one side, you have affection, infatuation, love, and warmth. And on the other side, you have anger, jealousy, frustration, miscommunication, all those horrible ones. But I think that no matter what side of it you're on, you're feeling the most amount of emotion you could possibly feel if you're feeling a red emotion. And I've always referred to those kind of relationships as red relationships. Oh, wow. So I was going to ask you, what does the color red symbolize to you overall? I think the same. It is. I mean, it's it's hard to it's hard to think separately after you hear that. But I mean, when it's also like this song is so ingrained in me that when I think red, I think passion. Mm -hmm. I think heartbreak. I think um, I think I, I, I mostly think passion and anger when i hear red. Mm-hmm. i think hot and i think hot can be like hot sexually hot passionately hot like 
burning, burning. love, it, but it can also be hot, like heated arguments. Right. Like it's a temperature for me as well, you know? Yeah. Like, so it's all of, it's the heightened emotions. It's mm-hmm. the, it's cause you can be like in like with someone, but, and, but love is the red. You can be happy with someone, but love is the giddy. You can be, um, you know, content, but red is the just infatuation, like she said. So it's it's more of the heightened version of what your everyday resting life is, mm-hmm. would be my opinion. Passive calories burned versus active calories exactly. burned. <laughs> so says an Apple Watch wearer. <laughs> I'm like obsessed. <laughs> and we're not sponsored. Non-spawn. No, not. <laughs> um, so what did you have any thoughts about this version compared to the original? Yeah. Uh, first, I wanted to note that this was the sixth single off the album, which I read on Lyric Genius and didn't sound right to me. I thought it came sooner. I didn't even know it was a single. What? Why would it be so late? I. So does that mean, is there a music video with it? Red. red. No, there no, isn't. No. no, I knew you were trouble had one. Yeah, which. Begin Again had one. I don't, Red didn't. We Are Never Getting Back Together had one. That's, I think that's it, right? Mm, let me look at the track list and I can tell you. Okay. I Knew You Were Trouble, All Too Well has one now. Oh, 22. Oh, yeah. Is 22. the other music yeah. video. Yeah. Um. No, so Red didn't have a video. So I didn't even know it was a single, but it makes sense. It's a great song. I will mm. say, like, as we're, um, but did you have any thoughts about it, like comparatively, first versus original version versus Taylor's version? Just really that I think her ver- her voice sounds a little bit stronger. But overall, this album compared to the Fearless redo, um, I see less of a difference vocally because you know mm. she's like further along in yeah. her vocal strength at this point in time. I can hear a difference. Yeah. It's just not like it's not as prevalent. Yeah. I, I think that's um I think I'm just gonna go back to like what I said with State of Grace is that it's just much more rocky sounding like it's a rock ballad as opposed to a pop ballad in my opinion. Mm. Um and I also think that her voice when she sings it there does she sounds more red she sounds more passionate in this one mm. than she did in the original one and I think that goes to everything we said about in the Fearless just her growth mm-hmm. but I think she kind of almost like a ballad screams it a little more that's interesting i'm gonna re-listen to them and like side by side because i didn't like i did prep red before it was re-released but then there was like a week or two in between that i didn't listen to it so i would kind of need to listen to them side by side yeah, you should. to I hear think, that i think state of grace and red specific like, that gives especially. me hope that this it like if it sounds a little bit more rocky that she is influenced by something else she's working on i know me too i really hope so like i want a rock album so badly i mean she can do it hands down oh yeah definitely and like speak now has like some like rock element i got into like an enormous argument with our friend daniel about this of course (laughs) yeah well because he's a huge rock fan so right if you ever ever said that taylor swift had a rock song he would probably i was like i think he would like some of the songs on speak now because they're in my opinion a bit more rockish and i played him some songs that he was like how is this rock this sounds like pop and i was like well it's you hear there's like a lot more instruments like the steady drum and there's more guitar and like a bit more orchestral and then he was like orchestra is not rock and i was like basically it ended up he him arguing that rock is 
a feeling or an aesthetic, more or less. Like, well, then I think that we should make him listen to this album because it's counterculture. So he was because he was talking about songs that I was like, "How is that rock?" Like, um, you know, something like Wicked, like I am, I am a little wicked. That to me would be like dark electronica Mm -hmm. and then he was saying reputation he thinks is her most rock album and i was like so rock to you is like an adjective for like hard or like cool yeah and that's where we got into the aesthetic thing but like to me music genres are defined more by the instruments and the production than the aesthetic you know what i mean but going back to (laughs) the original point of that like i really want a rock album from taylor I know she can do it, and, like, I just, especially after the new Halsey album. Have you listened to it yet? I haven't. It's, like, the people from Nine Inch Nails that made the music. Yeah. No, it's really good. Okay. Did you listen to Allison and I's bonus? I did listen to you guys' bonus. I just haven't listened to the album yet. Gotcha. Well, I'm just in the mood to listen to more rock and roll recently, and, like, if that's where she's headed. It does. I think there could be some songs that you could consider rock on Red. Oh, for sure. I think that State of Grace, the the first out, like I think that that opens up with that drum, with those drums and everything. Yeah, I think it sounds more, it leans more rock than pop, in my opinion. Hmm. Anyway, moving on to Red. Um. So, I freaked out the first time I heard this song. Like the very first time I heard this song. Why? Like lost my shit. Why? Because it's like the oh, it's the vocally like. Right, eh, 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 like it's like edited like pop sounding so can i so my personal i love this song first of all we'll get to the rankings at the end i do really like this song i think it's one of her stronger songs on this album i think it's probably one of her stronger so- songs in the disc- discography um in her catalog because i think it's the first time like that she not the uh, i think <laughs> what she's trying to do in this song is unlike other what other people or what everyone else is trying to accomplish when they write songs is trying to put into words feelings and she does such a good job at putting words into feelings but i think i always listen to this song and i'm like it's a little bit off and i wish she had a better comparison and i'm not saying that like yes okay so i'm hesitant to say this but like did you ever have a poetry class where they teach you, you know, what is a simile and a metaphor when yes. you practice writing poems like this? Yes. To me, it feels like parts of it are just like a not super great poem well, that right. you wrote and, and in I, middle school. And I can't be sitting here being this nitpicky because then I, when I think about this, so I'm listen, the, when I have these thoughts is when I'm driving to or from work. Mm-hmm. I'm listening to the song and I'm singing along and I'm like, I love that she's trying to like, you know, like, let's just get into it. Loving him is like driving a new Maserati down a dead end street. Yes. Like, that's good. Like, she's comparing. It's a simile. It's a feeling. It's a feeling. She is. If How you, you feel driving really fast. Really fast. And you're going to crash. And it's a dead end. You can't go any further. You're suddenly, doomed. Yes. And so that's good. And it happened really quick. Yes. And she does a really good, like it speeds up because a Maserati, we all know, like when you hit down the gas, it doesn't take a while to get to 60 or 90. It goes there really fast. Yeah. But like, so that I appreciate this, this, um, cause what is this? This is a simile. Is like, if you use like or as, it's a simile. Yeah, so is like. So this is a simile. Faster than the wind, passionate as sin, ending so suddenly. I love passionate as sin, though. Me too. I love the alliteration in it, mm-hmm. too. And so that 
to me is a very solid simile and a great job at explaining what loving him was like. And then loving him is trying to change your to mind once you're already flying through the free fall. Once again, the same type of emotions. Like your head you're already on the train. There's like, no way you can pull over. Yeah. It's you're fall you're falling, but like oops, you've already jumped. And it's that same feeling, that rush of wind. These are both feelings. Yes. And and she does a good job at putting wor- putting those feelings into words. Once again, she does a great job with like the colors in autumn so bright just before they lose it all. It's like that, you know, they reach their peak. And as soon as they reach their peak, they fall. Right. Yeah. Like that is what autumn leaves do. And the beauty is also like as they're dying. Yes. They're changing colors because they're dying. To fall, be swept up by the city (laughs) (laughs) to come and just take them away. And then she goes into... Losing him was blue, like I've never known. Mm -hmm. Missing him was dark gray, all alone. Kind of simple, but it rhymes. The rhyme scheme goes well. And I have to say that this is probably the line where I'm just like, that leaves me wanting more. Mm -hmm. Forgetting him was like trying to know somebody you never met. So for me, that's not a real simile because it's like, I think a simile is supposed to be like another situation, like not... I don't even mean to say like not people, but maybe not people. I'm trying to figure out what I even mean by that. No, but I think we, we're we on the same path because that's exactly how I feel about it is like it's not really describing the same thing. Yeah. Forgetting him is not like trying to know because forgetting him is a completely different thing than trying to forget someone or trying to know someone you already met. There's forgetting and knowing know someone, someone you never met are completely different things. And to me, that's that's where this this line is I see what you're saying yeah for me it's like that it's not a feeling anymore I guess like the pattern was lost you know but I I, I've been listening to the song and I'm like but I can't do better and it's like people like the similes the two preceding are like your drive the driving of a car falling like leaves leaves right but then this is like colors trying to know someone you haven't met so it's like a person it's just like comparing two situations it is and once again i I, it sounds like i'm tearing this apart no it's it's fair i i'm glad though like because i I thought you were really going to come out and you do love the song i do i I was kind of nervous about (laughs) (laughs) saying like that there's parts of it that feel like a badly written poem they do and but i will interesting i found this little thing on lyric genius but apparently um owl city we all remember owl city Mm -hmm. who she wrote enchanted about Mm -hmm. tweeted a year before red was released and i have a picture of the tweet trying to forget someone you love is like trying to remember someone you never knew he tweeted this and a year before she wrote released red so he had that same thought and then she used it. Do you think she took it? I mean, or they shared it together and he just was the one that wrote it. Huh. Interesting. That is, that is interesting. Because it's such a obviously a unique phrase. Like no one just comes up with that kind of a quote unquote simile. But it is, I also think, the weakest one in the song. Yeah. Uh you you think there's weaker? Let's go. Keep I, going no, I then. don't know that there's weaker, but like equally as weak, I guess. Like loving him was red, red. Okay. Yes, we've talked about red. It's not explained, but it's a feeling, and like perhaps cha- has changed our perception on the color red. Definitely. Like this song is, you know, 
a hallmark. Um, touching him was like realizing all you ever wanted was right there in front of you. To me, that's not really a simile yeah. because that is just what the experience was. Yes. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? It's not comparing it to a different experience. It is the experience. Yeah. This so is- if I was like, Morgan, holding your hand is like our hands are touching. You'd be like, yeah, Aaron, that's not really a comparison no, <laughs> because that's what's happening. Touching. Yeah. And realizing all you have. I mean, I get what she's saying is like when she touched him, she was like, oh, my gosh. This is all I've ever wanted. So maybe until she touched him, she didn't realize that that's all she ever wanted. But it's still not like you're not. I don't know. It's, it's not a different experience. It's not trying to describe. It's trying to describe that experience, but not doing it by comparing it to something that everyone else understands. I think the similes just aren't consistent in style, which is what how they're. And written. that is what my complaint overall of this song is. I think it's awesome. I uh-huh. never skip it. I always listen to yeah. it when I listen to the album, but it is like to me, it's a song that has such potential because she really is doing a good job this the production is phenomenal too like the sound of it like i said like that was like nuts that it went into pop which you know is not necessarily her i think she learned and i think something that she could do now on her own for sure but i think like from her experiences writing in her journal like that we got from lover and stuff Mm -hmm. was like she brought lyrics and they kind of helped produce it so that totally wasn't her either you know what i mean but the writing is the writing is and it's and it just is like for something that is trying to accomplish something so big i i can't you know i there's no way in hell i would ever do com- compare to this but i almost am a little let down throughout the mm-hmm, song because mm-hmm. i'm waiting for that like that good one again yes yeah so what do you think about the next one memorizing him was as easy as knowing all the words to your old favorite song i like that one it's fair it it's is fine because it's and it's a different experience it is and once again you're 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 taking a single emotion that you felt that you're trying to explain to everyone else that they can then understand what you felt and right. everyone understands and we know it because we do it with taylor's yes. music memorizing like the, the th- excitement of a new song and like when i read through the lyrics like that's how I feel with her music. And, and so you just you're listen like to learning it a person that way. And over and over again, you get to know it and you get to hear it and you get to love it and you sing it and then you memorize all the words. And so yes. with a person, it's learning all their little idiosyncrasies. Yeah. yeah. I think I think that one's pretty strong. Yep. Um, I did like fighting with him was like trying to solve mm. a crossword, especially because. And realizing there's no right answer. Yeah. Because like that is the worst because you're not. You are never going to solve it uh-huh. without that that answer, mm-hmm. because the that answer is connected to the entire crossword. It reminds me of I lived in your chess game, but you changed the rules every day. Yeah, I think that is like that line hits me, and like the floor falling out, praying the floor won't fall through. Like I mean, I, dear John, we're on a different subject here. Speak now has some of my like most highly written, which I never realized until I did the thing. It has yeah. so much my really high ranked songs, but like. I think that is a really beautiful sentiment. And I think and, that simile is very strong. And it's something that, I mean, I never know when I should bring these up, if I should wait, but I think now is an appropriate time. But obviously the new, the all too well short video, short mm-hmm. film, they're laying in bed doing a crossword present mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. So this is obviously a reference. Like that's that That's that relationship to her. Yeah, yeah. Um, regretting him was like wishing you'd never found out that love could be that strong once again. <sighs> it's like 
It's, it just it's kind of just falls what short. happened. Yeah. I think a simile is supposed to compare one experience to another experience that has the same feeling or like sentiment behind it, right? So mm-hmm. when we talked about um, fighting with him, the feeling of trying to solve a crossword and realizing there's no right answer, you're like, it's such a letdown. And let the down. implications of that, not of the crossword not having a right answer, and the implications of like, so when you fight with someone, if you don't. It's never going to be solved. That's the same feeling as fighting with him. So now we understand what fighting with him felt like. Right. And then once again, losing him was blue. So these are where we get all the contrasts to red. So losing him was blue. Everyone knows what, you know, blue just means sad and depressed. Which is how she describes Joe. Yeah. Um, Missing him was dark gray all alone. Forgetting him was like trying to know somebody you've never met. But loving him was red. Loving him was red. Ugh. I think my favorite part singing of the song is coming up here. Remembering him comes in flashbacks and echoes. <laughs> Tell myself it's time now. Gotta let go. But moving. Okay, and then you just go on into she just belts. She does. And this is a such, this bridge is great. She's always, you know, she's queen of bridges. Tell myself it's time now. Gotta let go. But moving on from him is impossible when I still see it all in my head. Which is all too well. Yeah. This is just like the red version of all too well. Like the brighter, like, like more intense punched up version of all too well. You know what I mean? The more angry. Yeah. Like just this is how it was. And I, the, the more red version of yeah all that's too what well. i said at the yeah, beginning sorry <laughs> <laughs> i got there eventually all too well is the blue and talking with morgan is like talking with morgan and she copies me <laughs> was that a good simile yeah um because yeah all too well is like blue whereas this song is oh the it's red. the blue one i like that yeah and delight is the golden one and then the rest of the lyrics are just repeats of what yeah. um we've done so do you have is your favorite lyric the crossword one Oh, I think loving him was like trying to change your mind once you're already flying through the free fall. Mine is like the colors in autumn. So bright just before they lose it all. Yeah. Just because of, like I said at the beginning, just the implications it has, like what that means. Yeah, I think that's that's really deep. Like you could write a whole paper on that. Exactly. Like that's huge. For me, I like the free fall line purely for the image. Like I'm picturing like falling off a cliff and then being like, oh, shit. <laughs> and I think I think she the sound, the production does a great job at making you almost feel like you are flying and about to fall when you listen to her sing that. Mm-hmm. Like you almost have that feeling of like on a roller coaster when yeah. you're about to drop. Like you can feel that when she sings it. And I don't know if it's the like sound that's like, you know, ricocheting off of everything, but mm. it's great. Ricochet, nice choice of words. Yeah, <laughs> um, so what was your uh, overall ranking from the... My overall ranking was 89. Okay, so it was higher than State of Grace. Yeah, which is interesting because my ranking on the album was lower. lower. So mine was lower. So my overall rating of the song was 54. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the album, it was 7. So they're right after each other. Gotcha. Mine is close with the other one. I did 13 for this one, and the other one was 10. Yeah. And I originally had State of Grace at 12 and then moved it up. So they're pretty close. Yeah. It's interesting, though, that mine are 6 and 7 and yours are 10 and 13. I'm really interested to hear what come before. 
a lot of sad ones. I really like the sad ones on this. Me too. I mean, you know, I'm a... Yeah. Well, yeah, you're like... (laughs) Queen for sad songs. You love stabbing yourself and (laughs) feeling the pain. No, not even stabbing. A thousand cuts. Death by a thousand thousand cuts. cuts. Slow and tortured. (laughs) But I just... I mean, I think the heartbreak songs on this are phenomenal. And on Speak Now, too. But Red is also a heartbreak song. Like, all of these songs are heartbreak songs. Yeah, but it's like we talked about. It's like kind of weak for the reasons we discussed. Like, it's, it's... It's good, but it also Sometimes has its weak I think points. She almost like back in the day when she originally wrote this album, she like wrote State of Grace and Red and the production behind it with the intent of this is how she's going to open her shows. Like they're that big. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they the come in. Pr- the freaking instruments on State of Grace, uh, that that's what I was saying earlier. I feel like it's a whole thing. That is a whole thing. That's a whole show. Yeah. It's like clashing and, and banging and instruments and like it's nuts like so, so i think she does like she you know she would she would always think about she, she's we know that she's she a likes to perform mm-hmm. and she's like, dramatic <laughs> and so she's like how i'm gonna open this album and i'm gonna write some songs that i can open this tour with too mm-hmm. that makes sense so now we have to jump back into our like other stuff tell the rest. me why the theories yes and i don't know so the only theory that I kind of have, and it's not anything about, I know me with a theory, oh my God. Yeah, what's happening? Stop. Prepped all these like <laughs> episodes and are <laughs> coming in with all the theories, lyric genius. I, I already told you this theory, but I really think that she is, I mean, we'll see now with the Omicron variant. I think she wants to tour in 2022. And I think that or I originally thought that December, because it's her birthday month and she usually does, does like big announcements in December around her birthday, is that she's going to announce that she is touring. I think the touring is going to look different. I think she's probably going to do like, um, she's going to pick a, couple, a handful of cities and instead of doing like huge stadium tours, I think she's going to go to that city, stay there for like a week and perform in like different venues. Mm-hmm. And each venue is probably going to have the, a different feel to it. So she's going to perform different catalog interesting that's my thought that's or i can't tell if it's like my thought because i in her brain and we're twin fire signs <laughs> or it's my wish don't know yeah i haven't really thought much about tour i kind of am negatively anticipating it just because like i want it to happen so badly but i'm also deeply terrified that i wouldn't be able to go either because of work or money or potentially both i've never been i just i know I need to go. listeners send morgan some money <laughs> no don't don't this is not a plea but i have to go if she announces tours there is no ifs ands or buts i am going oh and my, you are coming with am- me fucking amazing to go with you like what we could do live podcasts from the oh yeah hotel let's not get ahead of ourselves okay all right well i would say theories? the theory about this album i'd like to see how it pans out as the person on lyric genius p- posited like how we'll feel as we go through is like is it holding up or not another thing i want to check back in on is my theory about her ama performance do you remember like the order of the songs that she sang because my theory was like that the song she sang was the order of release i don't remember should we look it up real quick do you want to pause yeah Here we go. We're back on the mic. Oh, gosh. Erin is <laughs> I'm so excited. Cocky. I'm feeling good about it. <laughs> My theory is panning out so far. So. The order of what she performed was 
She started out with um, Mom, uh, the man, which is you know from her most recent album at the time. Then she did Love Story, Fearless, mm-hmm. Fearless. Then she did I Knew You Were Trouble, Red, Two for Two. Next was Blank Space. Uh, 1989 has to be next. It We've talked about the merch next. thing. It's going to be in the summer. Like you think, like June. I think May. June. June. Yeah. And she needs enough time for her music to like still chart. Like yeah. she's business savvy. Like because we're we're not getting anything new from her anytime soon, right? I don't think so. I mean, unless she released TS10, like presumably, I would assume 1989 also has some in the vault songs. Yeah, no, a ton because that's the album that she had written the most for. Oh, really? She said there was like 150 original songs for 1989. Okay, well, we're not going to get 150 songs. <laughs> I would you love them all. That's crazy because this one originally didn't she say there oh my was gosh, like we would 80 be for red for life. There's so many vault songs that we will never hear, and there could be some, like, but sometimes the vault songs are really, really good, and sometimes they're like, eh. And so for her to say there were 80 for Red is like, she cut out a lot. Oh, okay. And then 150 for, which she said is the most she's ever written, like, drafts for an album. Wow. Okay, so those are our Tell Me Why category. The next is some Taylor trivia. I don't have any Taylor Taylor trivia. Taylor trivia. I have this book right here. Oh, my God. Remember that website? And it goes, ding. Yeah. <laughs> can you know. find it? I don't remember. All right. Maybe we can do that one for the next time because I do like that sound effect. That really tickled me. Oh, Lord. Okay. And then did you have any thoughts while we're at it on the late night show appearances or just like comments about any of her appearances? Because I loved we all don't of get her appearances. Clothes. We do not get ta- or the SNL. We don't get Taylor Swift appearances very often. I know. And her clothes were top notch. Mm-hmm. I think every single outfit was beautiful, well thought out. Um, I think that reminiscent of the red era, yes. like her hairstyling and everything. Um, I loved I loved both of her appearances on um, on both Jimmy Fallon and Seth Meyers. Mm hmm. I thought it was funny when Seth brought up, like, what do you think the person that you wrote this is about is thinking? And she was like, I didn't even think about that. Don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Why are people so obsessed with it? Like, it. I, uh, so our friend Allison, you all know Allison, she was on the show, sent me a, a picture on Instagram of someone being like, whenever people are upset, at, like, why is Taylor Swift bringing this up? Like... It was an article basically explaining, like, you can grieve a short relationship. Like, whenever people are saying, like, why is this 10-minute song? Or, like, there's so much about the short relationship. And my response was, like, red rage. Like, you don't even need to justify, like, why is she grieving a short-term relationship? Why are you all saying, like, why is she bringing this up again? What the fuck do you mean? This is her fucking music. And she wants to own it. Like, what do you mean when you say that? Like, she's just remaking her music so that she can own it. She's not, like, bringing it up again to, like... No. And just because she, like, she, yeah, she It's added, just sexist. It is. And it's also, like, she said in this new re-release, like, it's not... She's not bringing, like, re-recording Red because she still feels these emotions. She's re-recording Red because of the fans and the support and the love and the, like, what everyone has felt... When she released. Which is a massive success. Like, yeah. I just got to say it. Like, 
it's nuts because so many people told her not to do this. So many people were like, that's a bad idea. And like, it, it is. It's amazing. It's like a little gift. Okay. I thought of an analogy the other day with the Taylor's version latte. Okay. Yeah. So it could be any latte, but in this case, it's going to be Taylor's version because duh. Yeah. Imagine you go to Starbucks and you get a Taylor's version latte. Virgin. <laughs> Different. Yes. Um, different. I don't usually drink alcohol in the morning. Just no, me neither. FYI. Just it out there. But you get a Taylor's version latte, right? You take a drink of it. It's delicious. You love it. It's fresh and it's delicious, right? Now imagine you don't finish it. You put it in the fridge. And then like the next day or the day after, you're like, I'm going to heat up that latte. Like, I love that latte so much. Like, it was really good. And then you drink it and it's a little less good than it was when you first drink it because you're really working off the memory mm-hmm. and like it's changed a little bit and whatever okay but then you could go to starbucks and you could get a fresh taylor's version latte with a little extra spice in it yeah a little more spice you know maybe like a little ro- bit of, on the rocks yeah maybe this one is not a virgin <laughs> one that's exactly right because these are a little bit more like maybe with an f-bomb in it like yep. add a little spice put that little alcohol in your you know, you're having an Irish whiskey this time with your Taylor's version latte. Like, that is the experience for me. That was a metaphor. There you go, friends. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this. Full circle. You're getting all the education. But if you didn't get the metaphor of just, like, what it is to, like, get to have these fresh f- again. And I, but I also want to just go back to the fact that I think that a lot of the concept, like, a lot of the um, stuff that has come out because of her re-records were unintended like i think that she set out to re-record these so that she can own her music and that everyone can stream her music yes and it's her version i don't think she what set it out as being like i'm gonna get a new fans in i'm gonna reignite people's passion for my music and for this album i think she just wanted to give her fans and listeners the option to listen to her version and instead it's just been this incredible snowball effect Mm -hmm. and i i don't even think from what i heard statistically wise i think it doesn't even have the um like the intended consequences that she anticipated like i think she because there are new fans coming to the table her old stuff is getting listened to so much more stuff that hasn't been re-recorded so all of those hits are getting you know money Mm -hmm. into the pockets that she doesn't want to necessarily but at the same time her name recognition is out there so i think i think it's just a very interesting thing that happened yeah it it's not like people thinking that those songs are the brand new like for my cousin for example and like for your students like they're listening to red taylor's version for the first time and then they're like, holy shit, this girl can sing. This girl can write. What else has she released? And then they start and looking. And then they go look yeah, back yeah, to yeah, her yeah, catalog. Yeah. That makes sense. I uh, frequently wake up in a rage about something related to Taylor Swift. Like, <laughs> just like randomly some days, like, come out really hot, like, defensive. And like, yeah. you know, like the one I just went on a second ago. Another one that happened to me was, I keep seeing this thing on this Swifty, Swiftum, Swifterhood online that is like, People are like, oh, ha ha, Jake better give her fucking scarf back. Or like, how do you think Jake feels? Or like screenshots of people like sending him like, what? let's call it what it is, harassment. It's harassment. Like you are harassing him being messaged. Taylor does not give 
two shits about him. And the point of her releasing these songs is not for you to go shit on a human yeah. who's living his life. Not just, doing anything, not asking for any commentary. Yes, she released these, but she didn't do it with the intent intention to hurt him all over no. again. And I rage tweeted about this. So people who follow know, but like, how dare you think that you can meddle in Taylor Swift's life? Yeah. Like, how dare you message one of her exes and say some petty shit because you think it's funny for a screenshot. Like, that is the most, like, outrageous. And immature. And, like, you missed the point. Yeah. Like, you missed the point of being a Swifty, which is, like, supporting Taylor and not being an immature, stupid little butt. On that note, <laughs> thank you. Was that well put? <laughs> thank you for tuning in. <laughs> so, like, you know, we burned red on here. I did, at least. But, like, it's a good place to wrap it up. You just, you know, Taylor gets me riled up about things sometimes it's not even her it's just like her fandom yeah and like in defense of her and like how dumb people are sometimes but as with season one we still have the same handles so follow us at do you remember them (laughs) (laughs) we're basically the swifterhood podcast on like instagram twitter um tic tac -tac. uh which (laughs) I don't know how to make videos for that, but um, I think we should try some leading okay, up we, to the release we'll of season two. Okay? okay. We'll give it a go. Um, and you can email us at swifterhoodpodcast at gmail.com. There you go. And then you can support the show. There's like links. So the info for the Fearless Feature group will be linked in the episode description as well as how you can support us. So we have the bias of coffee, which is bias of whiskey on ice, where you can just basically like support the show by giving money. And then we also have merch. Yes, we do. Um, But I don't know, maybe I don't know about you. <laughs> but do you want new merch for season two? Look at that rhyming. <laughs> yeah, we can talk about we'll, it. We'll think about it. But yeah. um, we have our merch from at least season one. There's t-shirts and tank tops and sweatshirts and i think like the darker colors the writing shows up more clearly they do Um, but let's just say the best way to support us is to follow us and share the podcast with a friend but i do also want to just say from the bottom of my heart from the heart of my bottom thank you for supporting us like you all have bought some merch and like bought us some coffees and stuff and honestly like not a lot but also with the live show a little bit from that we've been able to sustain the show for about like the the whole time we've been off yes in between seasons minus seven dollars <laughs> <laughs> so 350 apiece yep. we can handle it um it does cost money to like sustain our show so that was just tremendous of you all Super like generous. thank really you thank you for everyone who got a t-shirt or did anything and, and we promise that thanks for considering it <laughs> and we promise that the next episodes will not be as long we just were really excited to be back it's the first it. one back if you can't tell we're very chatty all right <laughs> Until well next time thank you bye, bye.